Hi folks, so we're here today with Michael Kalasperis, and Michael and I have been good friends for quite a long time, and we have done interviews before, but I thought it would be great if Michael could come along today. I've not seen you for what, I don't know. Some time. Quite a while, yeah, yeah, before yeah. Christmas, because you popped out to one of our events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michael's got loads of stuff to tell us about property, and Michael and I first met in the school playground, I say this, <laughs> it sounds awful, doesn't it? It does we, we met in the school playground, but we were allowed to be there, you know, we weren't just Got kids going, at the same school. Yeah, we got kids just at the same school. Just clear that school. up. That's, that's, that's <laughs> So I thought maybe uh, Michael will come along today, have a bit of a chat, shoot the breeze. We have got no schedule. I haven't got any pre-planned questions, so this could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we need to be careful what we say here, yeah? Um, it's been a so lot going on, isn't it? It has been a lot going yeah. on, I think, of both. So what have you been up to? So tell our viewers, first of all, what you have got in terms of property, because everyone's interested in property on the channel. Yeah. Why I sort of take it from there? Yeah, I mean, I've... I've cheers, very, by the way. Cheers. Uh, it's not alcohol. I, I, I stopped investing... Um, a good time ago, actually. I, I, but you've got quite a bit of property. Though, I've got yeah? five properties. You've got five. Lot. Yeah, it's not a lot. Right. Um, so why have you stopped? Um, I stopped because my passion is, and I always said right at the beginning, even at your event years ago, um, I always said I just wanted to get a handful of properties, be a mark amongst it, maybe do some flips and stuff like that. So have my own, flip a few, um, but also uh, focus on me and my family, which is why I was, went into property. That was I never had ambitions to grow. Huge, because I know. So part of my channel, Michael, is can being completely transparent mm. and telling people exactly how it is. So when I first met you, you started buying a few properties, mm. and then you bought a, an old office or, or warehouse or something. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Turned it into I just HMO. Just sourced it then, yeah. Yeah, just sourced it. Mm. Um, with a with a view, yeah, with a view to making things easier for your family. Mm. What's the reality of that? Did it make it easier or harder? And we're not allowed it's to swear. Not, if we not, swear, yeah. then YouTube. But <laughs> uh, no, it's not easy. We know that. Because um, I know you went through loads of challenges. Oh in yeah, that. Like everything. We had contamination of the grounds. Literally, li literally everything. But the thing is. It comes down to this, um, it comes down to like every course I've gone to, uh, I've literally, and I've been to a few, and many of them have been free. Um, and I did that because it's just dumb not to, as far as I'm concerned. If you're interested in something and you want to level up. We'll park that yeah. course thing. We'll talk about that in yeah. a minute. Oh, we're going to go down that already. We're, yeah. only, we're only two minutes in. Yeah, but, um, but what I was going to uh, go down and say is um, like, I felt I needed network with as many people as I can because obviously I came out of um, yeah still in it really my son's severely disabled um, but I was just coming out of a, a situation where I was thinking what am I going to do for like income for the family yeah you know? um, and there was a, a, a real pivotal point could you do printing when you yeah well it's actually it was a marketing company but yeah. it, it was it was sign writing was the, the key part of it because that's what you were doing when i met you yeah 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 so um i used to work at the bbc yeah uh, doing uh, websites and marketing um and from that i moved to worcester back up to worcester um and i started setting up my own my own business i did a couple of things um but were doing good but they weren't entirely what i wanted to do and then i felt like you know, coming from the design side, I wanted to create something physical from it. So I went down the print area. I really am getting exhausted. I was chasing my tail. Um, uh, the costs of the machines, the maintenance, everything was just like, you know, you can't, I, I was the main guy. So I had to go and fix them. And then, yeah, I was a designer, yeah, I was a marketer. It was like too much. That's what I knew would happen. You know so, what? What, it's bad what enough. We've got now is I, I define this as having 150 children. Yeah. That's yeah, what we've yeah. got now. We've got yeah. 150 children yeah. to look after every day. And every day we've got, you know what? We talk about challenges and stuff. Um, we challenges we've got right now. 
We've got issues with one of our flips that I know we haven't. Not oh yes, we have actually. Mm-hmm. Right. So what we're working on at the moment, we're moving offices. Mm-hmm. That's going really well. However, before we can put our lease line internet, because I need fast internet mm-hmm. for everything that I do. Yeah, definitely. And um, they want a an asbestos survey, which is cool. And mm-hmm. um, but they want an asbestos a historic one. Right. Okay. Because it's an old building. And can we get hold of that? No, no. chance. It's so difficult. So now we're going to have to commission someone at the cost to of, make this holes. Is, this is a commercial yeah. building. It's going to cost us thousands just. Mm-hmm. To get a lease line internet connection, mm-hmm. that, everything else is all right on that. Now we've got this police station conversion that we bought. Mm-hmm. Now we bought this cash yeah. from the council and bought it as two individual properties, and we've converted it. We're about four hundred grand in on this deal, um, so we're just under half a million pound in. And now we've got issues with planning. Yeah, yeah. Now there are no issues because we know what we're doing, yeah. but we've got to prove it now. Mm-hmm. So now the project is on hold until we can go back and find as much evidence mm-hmm. as we can to prove the use class. And we know we're right. Um, but it just takes time. Mm. So now we can't do anything with that at the moment. Yeah. And then we've got a flip project that we're working on at the moment um, that has got every issue that you can ever imagine. Yeah. I can't really say too much about that. There's always going to be headaches. Because I don't know who's watching it. And yeah. I don't want to. So, but the, yeah, there's always headaches. When people say passive income, you know what? There is no, you c- there is no passive property income mm. unless you are 100% outsourced. Once you've done it, it well, no, once you've done it, and I am outsourced. Yeah, but you've still got to manage your tenants. Oh, yeah, you, you, you micromanage. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I don't manage. I have letting agencies that manage. Are you, are you managing the letting agent then? Uh, yes, that's, that's a, that problem, can happen. It? That can happen. That's why I call it pockets. It can, yeah. There is a possible, you can have it like that. There is yeah. ways. But you're never fully, you're like not. we said. And I know no. this sounds a bit doom and gloom, but you know we like the reality of this. Now, the good stuff about property is that um, you can become financially free. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not an advocate of saying you can get a, be a millionaire in an hour and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, but it will look after you. And property over time only ever goes up in value. Now, people talk about this every seven to ten years. Now, that, the last ten years, we've not seen, quite slow, we've not seen double growth. Um, over the last ten years, we've only seen 5% growth mm-hmm. out of the UK. Um, but historically, since 1952, get this, mm-hmm. I'm Stato man. You know, <laughs> since 1952 to 2019, um, we've only ever seen eight of those eight years out of that period when property's actually gone down that year. Mm. The rest of the time, it's only ever gone up. Mm. I think we're running at about, at the moment, I think the growth is about 1.8, 1.9%. But we started with Brexit. We started with the what government. Do you think, what, do you think with the, what do you think to those stats with Brexit? Because that's been... Um, okay, that's never... yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. My opinion on what's going to happen in the market this year, um, I think that because we've just had our personal tax bills... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yay. a lot of people now are going to be well in April this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be at the full clause twenty four tax mm-hmm. if they bought property in their own name. Yeah. So I think a lot of landlords are going to be shedding because of that, mm-hmm. and they're going to be putting their properties on the market between now and April mm-hmm. uh, because they no longer are fan- they're not financially viable anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be discarding those, which obviously is going to bring the market price down because the more stock we have, mm-hmm. then the supply and demand levels change. So I think. We're going to see a correction in property in the next six months. And of course, post-Brexit, which we are now, mm-hmm. how is that going to look? And I think people are just waiting to see. So I think the property's going, the market will dip in the next six months. But then I think from around about summertime, it's going to start gradually creeping up. Mm. And I reckon it's going to get to where we were at the beginning of 2019 towards the end of this year mm-hmm. with a nice steady growth towards 2021, back into where we suspect we're going to be, which is probably going to be around 
three to five percent growth. Mm. That is my prediction. Mm. So let's have a conversation in twelve months. Yeah. What do you think? I, I actually think it's going to go up. Um, I, I really do think it's going to go up. Um, I, I, I think I think you're right. There's people running scared. I think Section Twenty Four will have a slight dip in it. I do think it will go up, like you said. In, in but I think there might be a bit of resurgence. Um, uh, uh, and you know, I, I personally think that there are plenty of people out there looking for opportunities. There's still a yeah. lot of foreign investors. Well, we are. We're still yeah. buying. You know, we are being very careful what we buy. Yeah. But you know, Michael, going back when we bought our Barman Road project, you know where that mm. is, yeah, because mm. you, you're local. Yeah. Um, we bought a project, folks, about, I don't know, probably three years ago. I think it was three mm -hmm. years ago. Um, we paid £1.1 million for this. It's a big load of houses, and we've converted them into flats. But everybody at that time, everybody that I know, and some very big players in the industry told me not to buy that. Too much money. Because of Brexit. Oh, right. Oh, back then? Yeah, oh, yeah. because of Brexit. Because <laughs> Brexit was just bubbling. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, no, 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 stop. No, 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 you're going to waste your money, you're going to waste your money. And you know, in the, the words of Warren Buffett, observe the masses and do the opposite. And we did that. And we, you know, we've, we've refinanced all of that property out now. Mm. So um, we're still going through it, but that property cost us 1.1 million. Mm -hmm. We spent 250,000 on it. And we've refinanced all of it for 1.7. Yeah. Uh, it, and people are always there saying, don't do it. Yeah, because I, I remember, I, I'll never forget um, the property. I bought a property um, in London. And it was in the, the uh, not the most affluent places um, because I literally started working with the BBC. London is a lot expensive from where I came from. So I bought in a place called Walthamstow. It's on the bridge of Walthamstow and Leightonstone. Isn't that where E17 were from? Uh, E17 were from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah. postcode was E17. Hey, the yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> not. I wasn't into. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I bet you're one of these big fans. Um, I just remember their big padded jacket. <laughs> yeah. A bit embarrassing to be fair. <laughs> but, um, but the property was a massive end terrace um, on Mark House Road. I'll never forget it. Um, and that property now, I think, is worth around six to seven hundred thousand pounds. What did you pay for it? One hundred and fourteen thousand pounds. How long ago? But, but I had it. With, uh, it's quite a while now. It's like twenty years. Crazy. But uh, maybe it's under twenty years. Just under twenty years. But like uh, within one year, I made fifty grand on it. Right. So, but for you, that yeah. was great. But I only sold it because I... You I, should I, never look back. I know, but this you is it. never look back. I, I sold it because I put a letting agent in, in there, uh, 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 one from the area, uh, that talked the talk and everything like that. And they pretty much accepted people that apparently worked for Lloyd's on, on a letterhead. And they ended up squatting. Basically, right, um, and and it just left me bitter. I tell you, you know, on a similar a similar vein, property in Worcester, Warnden Villages. Mm. So my first house, very first house that I owned, and we're going back. The rain was nineteen. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, <laughs> how old was I? Uh, Twenty-one, two. I was about the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I about, so I was about four years older. So I wasn't that old myself. Yeah. And we bought a two-bed. Mm -hmm. Two up, two down. Literally, a little box. Yeah. And it, we paid forty-five thousand pounds for yeah. this little box. Yeah. Now that property, the very same property, has just gone on the market. I think about a month ago for one seven eight. Right. Now I know it's not the same as London prices. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's still a huge growth. And this is, and that's just a case in point to say that you know property is only ever going to go up in value. It but, will peak and it will trough. Yeah. But it's in because short what supply. Got me worried then. Everyone was saying. Prices are too high. People can't afford the affordability. What, check. Year, what year was that? When that you... was like, I think it was around 2001. All right, so you would have seen a couple of corrections if you'd have kept hold of it anyway. Yeah. But then it doesn't but then not, not, As you it. know, just not long after, it took, and I, they were saying at that point, it's going to happen this year. I remember yeah. it clearly. And it took 2007, 2008. So yeah. another seven years. 
after that. Um, yeah, but even know. but if you own it, yeah. and, and you're just renting it, it doesn't matter whether. No, it does exactly. It people didn't. get caught up about that. And it, had I known about HMOs back then, I might have had a massive room. Everything they were called bedsits. Yeah. yeah, they were. You know, I'm. I've just finished. This isn't a plug, but I've yeah. just finished writing or updating yeah. a, um, a book. Yeah. And it's called Cash in a Property Crash, and I've just finished it. And mm -hmm. It was 10 years old, so I've gone back and I've just completely ripped it apart and, and brought it back up to date. Mm -hmm. And in my research for that book, um, I was looking at articles from Rightmove mm -hmm. saying, and this was like eight years ago, the private rental sector is dead. Yeah. You know, and this is eight years ago. We've been saying this it, it, every single year. This is why I think there's going to be a surge. We've been around, you know? Because if you think about it, for the very first time, and I've only been in property, what, four years realistically, um, um, everything I've heard has been all doom. And I'm a negative kind of person. I, I really am the kind of, I think of the worst thing. Um, and it's it's kind of like ingrained on me because what happened to my son? You know, you, you trust people and then you realise that shit happens and it's like, you know, whoa, you can't trust as much. So I'm constantly, but I am for the very first time, I really do believe, I sense it. It's not because of Brexit. It's, it's, it's the market's had, it's almost like an elastic band. It, it's had, a, it's been resisted growth for quite a while. Yeah. Like you said, it's been slow. It's been so much, hasn't it? It's been slow. The private rental sector's had so much thrown at it. Yeah. Over the, I mean, let's just do a quick brain dump, right? What we've had in the last two years. I'll go back three years. Deregulation Act. Yeah. The Deregulation Act, the Right to Rent Act, the mandatory housing um, HMO licensing that changed in 2018, minimum room sizes, uh, the tenant fee ban, and this year we are looking forward to the Section 21 repeal, <laughs> the new EPC regulations that are coming into play in April, yep. so that's for existing tenants as well mm -hmm. as um, grandfathered tenants, the new electric safety regulations requirements. It's never ending. Uh, what else have we got? There's loads, there's loads. Brexit. There's loads, there's loads. That will put people off, but that creates opportunities. It does. For those that can and, see it. And people got to understand that um, like, you've just got to do what's right for you. And Don't forget, people made... Uh, made it very successful in business, um, in property, by having single lets, right, for many, many years. And they really didn't really get money out of it. They just had an investment. In, yeah, yeah, well, they had people renting in it and the cost of like accountancy and the cost of them, someone managing it for them, etc. You know, the bits that people don't see, a bit of maintenance here and there. Um, if they had it in the clause that they do it or the tenant does certain amounts and has a bit of a, a responsibility themselves. But... The reality is a lot of people made good money on single lets. On growth. On growth. I've got two ways of thinking of that, because we've done that and we still do do that. Mm. But if that, if, you've got to look at the, the return on investment. Oh, yeah, it's not as... You know, yeah, and you've yeah. got to look at how hard is that money working against that property yeah. when you can potentially pull it out and put it into something the that makes I, a bigger return. Absolutely. And you'll still get growth. Yeah. The reason I mention it is, is it's like the lowest common denominator. Um, so if you've got a, a, a house of multiple occupation and it's not delivering for you for whatever reason um, the reality is that the worst common denominator if you look at if you if you can hold it somehow um, if you've got enough to cover your bills which generally you should be able to even with all these hits um, you can if you if you can hold it yeah you can make if you've got it. an appetite for holding it you know yeah. people talk about no money no money down not no money down no money left in deals etc so let's talk a little bit mm. about that because you know what there's so much flapping around at the moment in the property we'll, we'll talk about we'll get into the <laughs> nitty gritty in a minute yeah. there's so much noise in the property industry mm -hmm. and everything that we do so let's talk about this no money left in stuff right so first of all right 
Um, it's possible to, to get all of your money out of a deal because that's what we do. Yeah. We do it every day. That's what we mm -hmm. do for a living. But it's not always a bad thing. Now, people talk about no money left in deals as if it is a good or a bad, you know, it's a bad thing to leave money it in a deal. Yeah. Now, it's, it's, I I'm going to retire one day, right? Now, Lorraine, if she's watching this, she won't watch this. She doesn't watch this. Right? She doesn't <laughs> want to retire. She wants to keep it. She's, she's not a fan. Well, she's obviously a, you know, she's obviously a fan. <laughs> but she, she doesn't want to retire. I do. So... When I come to retire, I know that I'm going to need X amount a month to, to maintain the current lifestyle that I've got. Maybe take a little bit of a dip. So mm. I've got my police pension. That's cool. That's locked in. That's not going to give me the lifestyle that I want, surprisingly. So I know that I need X amount of property in order to cash flow if it was unencumbered to get to that figure. Simple maths. So if I've got a chunk of money, let's say I've got £200,000 sitting in the bank, and I know that I can buy those houses with that money in order to buy that income for life, then that's a perfect strategy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter about locking that money in because yeah. what I'm doing is buying my pension. Mm -hmm. So for me, when we've stopped investing, we're still buying now, but when we do stop, then we're going to change our strategy. We're going to go, we're going to change all of our um, interest-only mortgages to onto pay, repayment. Yeah. So they are unencumbered. Mm -hmm. Then we'll probably sell 50% of our portfolio, mm -hmm. keep 50%, and then just just retire off the back of the income mm. off that 50%. Yeah. So that's, you know, my, my attitude towards no money left in deals. It really depends on where you are in your journey. I totally agree. You know, yeah. and it depends if you're, if you want to flip, you can flip. If you want to build up your, yeah. your net worth and build up your estate, then mm. yes, you know, you've got to pull your money back out at some point, otherwise you'll run out of cash. I think you're spot on. Um, that's exactly the reason why I, uh, first of all, I'm, I was new to property. The reason I went to five um, and stopped there, one's a JV as well, yeah. um, is because the reality is I wanted to get the speed I wanted to go at. But you didn't. You always said that you didn't want a huge amount of property. Uh, always, from day one. I, yeah, I, I remember you said, if anybody you knows me. We for uh, properties together at yeah, one point, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah, we saw one together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always, it's, it's, people think, I remember people saying, yeah, right, whatever. But I, uh, there's one thing that no one can knock me for. I am, I, I, without being big-headed, I've got a lot of integrity. What I say would be real. And, and I literally um, said it and I stick to it. That's how I felt. Now my mind might change. You so know? what you're talking about now, um, I'm getting rid of some of your properties. I'm gonna, the, the, the furthest away. Right. So um, it, what I'm gonna do is obviously re-bring that nearer to me. Um, I'm not like just getting rid. Um, part of what I wanna do is sell uh, a couple of them so I can actually reinvest for my son. Mm. You know, we wanna do a bit what more. What are you gonna reinvest it into? There's just so much we don't know. And I know there's this dangerous, obviously, with a child that's severely disabled. There's so many things we want to... It just takes money, mm. and it's not NHS-funded. You know, in yeah. fact, if you go you off... You know Because obviously, yeah. you know, I've got a disabled son yeah. as well. Um, and every, as soon as you put that disability sticker on there, you can triple the value or even quadruple the value. Mm. You know, even a push bike, right? Mm -hmm. So an assisted push bike for Ben mm -hmm. when he was younger, yeah. we would pay something like £1,500 when you could get a bike for 80 quid it's at Halford. It's absolute madness. I mean, uh, it, it, I, mean it, I kind of think I'm in the wrong business, actually, if I'm being honest with you. It's like, uh, you know, just buy a disabled um, manufacturing company. Mm -hmm. and, and, and But the thing is, is like, if anything... I think it'd be great to be able to make it affordable yeah. for families like ours. Um, but people think, they just assume that you're sorted. Um, but well, it's always How can a, you be sorted? Well, no, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, nothing can solve. Of course it can't. Yeah. It's a lifetime. Yeah. You know, I look at Ben sometimes and I think, you know, it, it just... It breaks you think up, there's yeah. a, you know, you've got problems and you think that you're consumed with yeah. all of the stuff that goes on in your life. Then you look at your kids and yeah. you think, 
And Ben, and, this, and you know, the same with Vasily. You know, you, I look at Ben, he never moans about anything. It, you know, every time I see Vasily, he's got a smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they don't know any different. It's crazy because, like, um, <laughs> the, the problem with Vasily is that he, he's, he's obviously deaf, blind, spastic cerebral palsy, non verbal. He really is quite trapped, but he still communicates. Um, and now he's got an eye gaze, even though he's been classed as blind, and he does respond to it. So we, we know, but they can't fully, you know, still class yeah. as blind. There's like these gray areas. Um, so there's the, we will constantly try for him. Uh, the biggest relief has been carers. We didn't have that right at the beginning. But they come and go. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard even with them. And then you lose your home. We, yeah, the, and the you, other element of that like is hospital. consistency. So yeah. Ben has carers, doesn't any, well, does he? Yeah, he does. He's mm. got one at the moment. But the problem is they get used to people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, after six months or so, they leave. Oh, and then nightmare. somebody else comes yeah. in. And it's, it's bringing so... someone into your home as well. Yeah. You know, it's not easy, is it? Yeah, I can't walk down and have a coffee yeah. naked at night or something like that. And like, you know, you people, <laughs> people see, you know, they see things on Facebook. They listen to podcasts or watch YouTube channels. And they think that, you know, oh, it's all right for you because you've got all of yeah, this yeah. and it's all right for you because you've got all this property. And you talk, but they don't know actually what goes on They don't on know and you'll get hammered anyway. You'll get hammered for saying... You're damned if you do. Yeah, because like, oh, self-pitying, yeah. you know, or, you know, it, I had when my son, win. I was spreading awareness for my son. We forgave the person that did this to him and we're spreading awareness about his, his well, actually the, the BBC wanted to yeah. put, uh, we didn't actually seek them. They wanted to put a thing on it. And, I've, and, and, and I thought... Actually, if we can make other people aware, because my son was born healthy, um, that this condition was a mistake, but it can happen to anyone because it's actually getting more common. Um, and it's from jaundice. Normal jaundice people get, jaundice can cause damage. People don't know. If you don't know what that's about, look at mylittlespartan.com. Um, I'll put a link in the comments for that, folks. Yeah, uh, but the reality is, I thought to myself, the one thing I can do is my son's memory, because it could become that. The reality is, that uh, there is a life expectancy of people like my child, and it breaks my freaking heart. Yeah. And actually, many friends have died younger than my son now, who's seven. And the worst thing is, is like you just don't know what's around the corner. Um, so I, I thought, what can I do? I don't want anyone to go through that. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll answer and, and we do an article on it in the paper. And it's a really great paper. Uh, and we even we even forgave the people that did it because we know they didn't do it deliberately, although it's hurt our family but we got trolls oh my god the cost of the nhs i'm like what the hell that's a great segue into yeah internet trolls and bullying yeah. okay now i'm an ex-cop i can't abide bullying at all mm -hmm. um and whether it's online or whether it's face to face or however it's delivered bullying is bullying mm -hmm. now i think there's a fine line between making people aware mm -hmm. and awareness and and bullying now mm -hmm. i know that you've been through a lot of trolling. Mm -hmm. Trolling? Trolling? How do you say it? Trolling. I say trolling. Trolling. Yeah. Um, over the years, and all of which has been unjustified. I get trolled every day, mm. and I think the more you put yourself out there, the more you will get trolled. But there is so much out there right now, mm. and so much. And every day I wake up, and it's almost like the first thing I've got to do is go and delete all my troll messages, <laughs> and then I can start my day. Yeah. What's it all about? I mean, listen, I'm not, I don't want to mention any names. No, you won't. I don't want to put anybody out no. there or anyone People in the spotlight. Anyway. You know, I don't want any battles. <laughs> yeah. But I just want your opinion on, you know, what's going on. Is it justified? There are elements of it that are justified. I'm not going to, you know, but not trolling. There are elements of of calling out. Um, because sometimes people do not have 
a avenue to call out. Now, people talk about legislation to change, um, you know, make regulation, sorry, to make regulation in the property market, for instance, in training and stuff like that. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a thing on that that, 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 that I kind of like wonder about. And it's like, this is a bubble we're in. And there's thousands of different niches that people are in. And if if that is the sort of thing that they need to do, they need to do it across the board. Because, you know... It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, the government I mean, I mean, have marketing. got far more important things to do well, than I mean, to regulate the property training industry. There's some serious marketers, because I come from a marketing background, and, and they are spammiers, you know. Yeah. And, and, and they promise the world and everything like that. And, and they need more regulation than property, trust me. Yeah. Right. Um, but you've got it, Mike. You've got... In every industry, there are going to be bad players and yeah. good players, yeah. you know. And at the moment, and whether it's not, it's just because our 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 thoughts are are in that because it's the industry that we're in. Mm. But I used to work as a cop. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know there there were cops that used to work with me in, in the stations that that were sacked for doing things yeah. badly. You yeah, know, yeah. you're going to get a good cop, you're going to get a bad cop. You, I mean, look at the every let's. I don't know, what should we pick on? Look at the accountancy industry. You're going to get great accountants, yeah. and then you're going to get accountants that work for Valerie Patisserie mm-hmm. that have ripped the company off for God knows how yeah. many millions of pounds. Well, you know, you, it's the same in you, every industry. You saw the recent troll on me, didn't you? I did, um, yeah. Which is like, it's just madness. All right, so let's just tell everybody that's listening. Okay, so, okay. So, okay so, so in a particular group, someone spoke about, um, don't you hate that moment when someone's on stage and they cry for basically a sale, was the context of the post. For to do number one, I never ever ever. And that was one of my events. Right? That was one of your so events. They were saying that they they remember seeing Me Michael Callis crying on stage, saying how Rick Gannon had changed his life, <laughs> and Michael was crying on the stage. So number one, you've only ever spoken at one of my events, and that was a long time ago. That was probably back in 2016, probably yeah. yeah. And he so, said 17. And it, yeah. Is, yeah. And number two, you never ever sold anything from the stage because no. we don't allow that. No. And number three, you have never ever. Cried no. in my presence. <laughs> or and, anyone else's. <laughs> and number four, I very much doubt that I've changed your life. You've done that. And there's been other people I, that have influenced I said everything st- that you've done. Exactly. Well, I, I, I said straight and honestly, my son's changed my life. He's been the fire in my in my heart. And and uh, the reality is when people mock a story like um, you've got a backstory, they're forgetting yeah. this. I, I appreciate there's people out there where there might be, oh, my dog died when I was one years old. You know, or something that's just like used yeah. to create uh, an environment to. But you and I have got very different. They're very real, you know, major, recent, but, but similar. Yeah, yeah but yeah, if exactly. That's not an yeah, exactly. And and like you said, I've never. I, in fact, people phone me up. I'm constantly giving free. I mean, I'm. At, I need to go more the other way. My time is valuable. My time is valuable because I've got my son who's life limited. Uh, I need to provide for my family, and I should be selling more. Yeah, people don't uh, people don't see what goes on in your life, no. and and it's just too easy for them to get on the keyboard yeah, and start. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I put a post on LinkedIn. Uh, it was what I don't know, maybe three months ago now. Yeah. Right. I put a post on LinkedIn, and that post was how I've come to learn that material items aren't actually that oh, important to me. It, yeah. All right. So I'll put a link in the comments so you can have a look at it. But the post was a photo of my car, and it was the day I picked it up, which was just shy of three years ago. It was in the showroom with my private number plate on mm-hmm. it, and I was really proud because I just bought myself this beautiful sports car, cost loads of money, mm-hmm. and I took a photo of it. And then over the preceding two, two and a half years, the car 
did about 8,000 miles. It was parked upon my drive. It was parked up pretty much all the time. And it was costing me £50 a day. Mm -hmm. That's what it worked. Well, that's how much it cost me in the end, yeah. in depreciation. Yeah. And I had this moment, I thought, you know what? For what I'm paying for that car and the depreciation, mm -hmm. I could be creating more memories for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I could go on an extra holiday. And it was and, an honourable post. Uh, yeah, and it was an honourable post. And that post took me three minutes to write. And it was from the heart. Yeah. So, oh my God, right? Within, within what, three days, yeah. it had two and a half million views. Yeah. 20,000 likes, 20,000 dislikes, and God knows how so many let's, comments. So let's rewind. Right? Let's dissect this. But hang on, hang yeah, on, go right? On. Because... Um, I split my audience completely down the middle yeah. because some people were like, oh my God, the car's not real because yeah. I've been onto the DVLA. Some people even went onto the DVA <laughs> DVLA website right, yeah. to, to search whether the car was real. Well, first of all, um, the number plate was on retention because I sold the yeah, car. Yeah. And secondly, it wasn't three years old. No. So it's not going to be on the yeah. bloody DVLA MOT website. Yeah, yeah. And then other people were like, oh, you knob. You know, this is like a humble brag, which yeah. it absolutely was no, not. No. And then on the other side, people were like, yeah, totally get it. Yeah. Because... My kids are not going to remember me on my deathbed selling my, my dad had a great car. Yeah. They'll remember me for taking them on beautiful holidays. But like I said, let's dissect this. Hang on a minute. We just talked about when we first came in here, um, the stresses of running a business. Yeah. It doesn't matter what business you're in, yeah. we all stress. And we need uh, for sanity of life um, to, to create memories, but also for ourselves. It's not just for our children, for ourselves. So you had a moment there where you, you experienced that, yeah, and it was a nice experience, yeah. and then you had an epiphany, epiphany uh, moment where it was like, right, okay, um, I don't really need this now, but you might go back into a point where you might want another nice car, and, and the point is, the cyberbullying might put you off that. And it, it just went crazy, yeah. honestly. I'm gonna do a post separately on, uh, on my podcast mm -hmm. and on my YouTube channel, just to show people the comments. Mm. I know, like, so I saw it. I, I stuck up for you. I know. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and but we, then this went viral, right? Yeah. So it went on <laughs> it went on to Twitter yeah. on something called the state of LinkedIn. I don't know what that, that's all yeah. about. Then it went on to something called Go Goosebump or something. So there's a there's a um, a a country not a countrywide, there's a worldwide website for um, memes. Mm -hmm. and trolls right and it hit number seven it hit number seven and it's yeah. worldwide this well uh, th they get posted into these sort of places it, it to went be fair. absolutely crazy see the thing is is like you know i i read i wrote a a a very fair response um uh, and it was it was it was um literally just deleted um so i wrote another very fair response not knocking the person because i can understand how strangers might think oh it might be humble brag but actually, but it wasn't. no, no, if you didn't read it, if you didn't read it, if you didn't read it. So if people, someone went to it straight away, saw they would, this is the problem. Yeah, people, people do don't not, know you. No, they don't know you and or people, they don't read. You know, people that do know us, mm -hmm. they know that, you know what, I don't flourish up, you mm -hmm. know, I don't, I don't tell people the dream. I tell people, anyone that follows me and my content on Facebook or follows you and mm -hmm. your content on Facebook and you've got a podcast as well, mm -hmm. then they'll know that they get, you know, all of the good and all of the bad. Yeah. And if you can make it work great, if you can't, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, um, those kind of posts and the posts that you put out there are literally from the heart, you know, and mm -hmm. those are my feelings at that time. I've made mistakes and probably one of those mistakes was buying that car in the first in the first place. No, it wasn't a mistake. No, but, no, don't, but I, I don't yeah. but I've learned. No, no, you know? that wasn't I re, sorry, yeah, I'm not having another one. It's not, you can't talk me into it. No, no, no. <laughs> it was not a mistake. 
at the end of the day, the amount of people that are going through all this sort of like, you know, journey in their life and they're trying to get something that they really, you know, they want to aspire to, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, And it's hard, isn't it? Bringing up disabled children is not easy. It's not so easy. So let's get back to this troll thing then, Michael, because there's a lot of this shit going on at the moment. So yeah. let's talk about the property training industry. What, right. what, what are your thoughts on the property training industry? Because there's a lot of stuff out there right now. Okay. Um, there's a lot of media coverage, a lot of press. I don't want to name anybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't insinuate anyone's doing right or wrong, but I just wanted to know really what your thoughts My were. My honest, genuine thoughts are, I feel like I've gone back to the uh, 14th century, um, and it's kind of like you get one or two people, and it's like, hang him, stone him. Um, yeah. I, I really feel like that. And, burn them and at the stake. Burn them at the stake. Oh, they know astrology. What's all that? You know, they're educated. Burn them. You know, they're trying to teach people astrology. Burn them at the stake. It's strange. Um, but, and there is a but, there is definitely an area where a lot of what they say is true. So I've got to be fair. To, uh, there's a fine line. Yeah. Uh, the problem there, is... There isn't there. There's that line between yeah. bullying yes. and actually making people aware. Yes. So, like... Uh, where are we with that? Does it constantly move? Uh, I think it can move, um, but the thing is, I think what what needs to happen is what these what these groups and and, and <laughs> vigilante uh, sectors of the of the industry are doing. They're actually they're not necessarily helping uh, themselves even because they're becoming what they they they're knocking. I was going to say that. Do you think there's a point where people actually become the person that they're trying to well, I'll give expose? You, I'll give you an example. Um, like no names. No, no. I'll give you an example on me. Um, so it's the best way. Best example is to give you one on me. Uh, when my son was disabled, um, me and my wife were physically um, physically diagnosed um, with PTSD. Uh, after your son became disabled. After yeah. my son became disabled. Um, and literally, I was kind of like, I think I was like a zombie for a good few years. Then when I was coming out of it, I kind of met, I realised I need to do something, something different. So actually jumping into paid um, training forced me to focus, be around people that were focusing and wanted to aspire and do something. So for me, it helped me. And it worked because you it, went out and, and, it, you, and you did it. And I did it and it worked, but it was freaking hard. You know what? I've had property training. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I've been on property courses. Yeah. And again, you're surrounded by the right kind of people. You do get knowledge and you will get an element of people here's that the don't catch. do anything. If I say in one of those groups, actually, I found it quite good. It helped me. Then people would just jump on you. They jump on you. like, And this is where the bullying comes. It's like, this is bullying. Yeah. Well, you're a fanboy. You're a fanboy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, that is, there's no two ways about it. It's bullying. Yeah. If you're forced to change your mind and you are given a fair representation, well, I wasn't sold to, or, you know, um, you know, I didn't feel like my arm was twisted, or I felt like it helped me. Uh, even, that when even if you feel it hasn't helped you, like at the point, you learn. But people say that, you know, um, and this is one of the stock responses. Um, I didn't need any training. I learn on the job and it's there's, free. there's plenty of free information yeah. out there on the but internet. But then people ask for mentors. But there, there's, there's lots of elements. If that works for you, then great. But you know what? I provide loads of free content on my mm. channels, on all of my Facebook groups, and my social media. But you've got to know what to look for. See, so if, if, for example, um, let's talk about the health and safety regulations, so CDM regulations. Mm. If you don't know what that is, how the hell can you search for it? How, how do you know what to look for? So then people will cut that element out and then 
potentially put themselves at risk yeah. and commit offences by not doing it. Exactly. So there's that element. And yeah. then there's the other element of holding people to account. Mm -hmm. Because we are human beings mm -hmm. and we've got the fight or flight response and mm -hmm. we go down the path of least resistance because that is built into us. Mm -hmm. So if we go down the path of least resistance, we are programmed to survive mm -hmm. back to the Stone Age. We don't want to get eaten. So that's our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And most people, 85% of people will be in that comfort zone. They won't get yeah. out of it. And if you're in that comfort zone, and you do the same thing today as you did yesterday, then tomorrow will be no different. Yeah, and, and, and the thing of it, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be fully open and honest. I am, I still suffer depression. Uh -huh. And I don't think I'll ever fully be out of it. When you live with a child that's severely disabled, screams at the night, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's a hard to get out of. So for me, being amongst the network, it helps me. And I know there's a yeah. lot of people out there that need... But then people would say, Michael, well, there are free networks out there that you could join. You could go to all oh, sorts I mean, even of... create your own. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I've created my own. I've got my own group and so on. But I mean, it's just like just being connected with people um, is, is key mm. because people get isolated. And uh, in business, you can feel isolated. That's why there's, you know, all these other micro events. Uh, like, you know, I know... I won't say names, but there's some events out there, well-known ones, uh, networking events, that, yeah. like breakfast events and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, well-known ones, where some people get ripped off in, yeah. between members and things. Not everybody Not everyone. is as honest as you and I. The, the, no. I mean, that, that's the fact of yeah. this. There's always somebody out there that wants to either belittle you or here's another thing, right? I'm not going to talk about this today, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, we're on a roll. <laughs> people that position themselves mm -hmm. and say... I can give you an example. Uh, I'm going to make this up, but this is the kind of thread. Um, I've seen a lot of posts recently about um, this, that, and the other, and I don't think these people are doing this right because they should be doing it like this and that and this and that and this and that. And you know what? I'm different. Come on my course. You know, that, so, that, that does really great <laughs> me as well. I don't know what um, you'd call that. I don't know. But it's yeah. positioning themselves, well, saying that everyone else is shit. Yeah. And then you read it, and underneath it's just the oh, post. I've, to had, get it. Them. I've, had, I've <laughs> had it in my group. And they'll come in, and, and, um, and then they'll find out that the people they're supporting are actually um, turn out to be quite dodgy um, <laughs> or nuts, rip people off. How do people get away with, not get away with, how do people conduct their own due diligence to make sure that if they are looking for property education or if they are looking for mentorship or coaching, with all of this that's going on at the moment, how do you differentiate the good guys, girls, and bad guys and girls? Honestly, I think it's very difficult. I think what we have to do as people um, is take responsibility. Um, we have to analyze the situation as it comes. No one can read into someone's head, and no one could have known I had depression at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, how, how would, unless I physically said to you, on a call, are you suffering from depression? I mean, that's kind of a personal question. No, it's a very personal it? question. And, um, you know, I've been open on my personal page uh, of the struggles. And there's, I made a decision to do that um, because it helped so many people. Yeah. And spreading awareness actually saved seven children from going through what my son's gone through. That's awesome. So, so... So I don't give a crap what trolls say yeah. or, oh, you're sharing your story again. Uh, well, that's uh, it, isn't it? Because you know deep down inside. It's but not about me. It's, yeah. it's not when, even about me. I don't what? even do it that much. But the thing is, cop, if you do it once in a year, they'll be like, oh, it's too much. When I was a cop, people used to take a pop at me yeah. all the time because you'd expect it. But they were taking a pop at the uniform. Mm. So now I'm not a cop anymore. People take a pop at me that have never met me. It's kind of a little bit more personal. Mm -hmm. But why do people think that that's okay? I, I think, I think, 
honestly, they don't even realise it themselves, but they have their own issues going on in their heads. Um, I think the people must, uh, uh, must be on the pop when uh, they're posting this. No, a, a lot of people, it's that, it's that um, thug mentality. Like I said, going back to the 14th century, yeah. um, the people might have supported Robin Hood, for instance. I'm not saying that you're Robin Hood, <laughs> but let's just say someone that was doing good. Yeah. Or doing good as best they could. He still paid his men. He still had to pay his services. He still had to you know, support their living. Um, but what happens is when the leaders or the people that, you know, uh, want to hang him or stone him, the people start getting to this vigilante, it's like, yeah, you see all these people like with one tooth kind of throwing stones at people, at this, this person they want kind of like, there's a danger of that. And it's, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but that's how I kind of see it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. It, and like anything, you know, in, in the jump on law, it. There's, there's one side of the story and then there's the other side of the story. And then in the middle sits the truth somewhere. But there's a secret yeah. supporter, isn't there? Yeah. There's the fake the supporter. That's why you're on the up. Yeah. And then when you're up there, they're really there's a they, they might not, like I say they might not realise it. They might be slightly envious, right? Um, and there might be other reasons. Maybe they just don't like your tone of voice. Maybe they just don't like like the look of you. Some people be... will, one minute they'll be an absolute raving fan, yeah, and they yeah. say, "I love this, I love this, I love this," and you're great, and you're great, and this, that, and the other. And then about a month later. They're on the other team, and they're like, "I hate you. I don't like you. Yeah, this is wrong, and that's wrong, and this yeah. is wrong." And and there's there's there doesn't seem to be any loyalty. Well, I I I tend to sort of like make my own judgments. Yeah. And so I want everyone who's watching this and listening to this, they make their own judgments as well. And the reality is, like, you know, I can I can I can have an opinion, but someone else can have a different opinion, and I'm fully respectful of that. It's when people try and shove opinions down people or bully people into a different opinion. There are people in other groups that have tried to give their opinion and then they get bombarded and they're, and they're just to, just to calm it down because they're not confrontational they say yeah yeah I see what you mean mate yeah you know what I mean as soon as you challenge them. as soon as they've been as soon as they've been challenged yeah, these people yeah, yeah. sort of like buckle down because this, be, that's this, bullying is this going to stop you know I mean you know, no I think it's the beginning do you I think it's the beginning so you're gonna, uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement I, 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 people I, eating their popcorn. I think it's the trend if you look what's going on and like I said I do marketing it's the trend it's disruptive uh, people have made money through uh, different niches, and it's not just property. I, I want to I wanna get really straight up and honest as a marketer as well, um, having worked for the BBC. Now, where people say, and again, I, I've not got my own courses like at this sort of level, but where people have, some people take it higher as they grow in terms of the course costs and stuff like that. Um, but what people don't realise is this, is when people sell a course, um, and they have a room full of God knows how many people, etc. It costs money. When they uh, are sharing their knowledge, it costs money through Facebook ads. It's not cheap. Um, when they're literally putting on the staff to help them run the event, and this is me, I'm not running my own event, I'm going to help someone with theirs, but, uh, and I've, I, but the reality is I don't understand how people do not see the logic behind certain costs. Now, some people go in too far and go too deep and so on. Um, but there is a logical cost to things. Um, but some people think, oh, it's not worth it. I mean, I remember seeing a post where someone goes, um, I paid, I can't remember what, how much it was, it's a thousand pounds, whatever it was. I only came back with this folders full of stuff. And I'm thinking, what did you expect a house? You've just come out of the training. You've got a folder. What do you? Do, do you but you're going to get the knowledge that's going being delivered as but well. What surely, do you, what, on that yeah, day? yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that knowledge. Obviously, no, if they don't right. give the knowledge further on, that's a different story. Yeah. So anyway, mm. right? Yeah. 
let's let's park that bit now. So okay. we've, we've talked about the trolls and stuff. We're parking it. Mm. Yeah. We're parking it. What's what's the future holding for you then? So um, I know you want to sell one of your properties right now. What is your main focus at the moment? I, I know your son's always going to be there, but yeah. in terms of you know your income and um, future proofing. Oh, for me, I've always been um, you know since you college university been working for the BBC etc I've always been into marketing it's always my thing um, I design marketing um, so I, I still focus on that I still, do still that. doing your marketing still do that are you still doing your printing as well I, 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 I got sources to do it but I don't do it in house anymore yeah. see for me the property was uh, a situation where I was like what do I do with, my, what, with the situation with my son um, so it was I need something to be a little bit more stable mm. Uh, and yes, there's headaches in it, and I still will. I still will grow a property, but I'll go at my speed, speed pace. So you did a um, my little Spartan dot. Yeah, there's a. Um, I wrote a book called My Little Spartan yeah. um, dot, uh, dot com. No, I wrote a book called My, my Little Spartan. Uh, there's an old website called My Little Spartan dot com about my son. Yeah. Um, and it was literally just built for awareness. And how can it, people get hold of the book? The book's on Amazon. So if they go to Amazon and look for My Little Spartan, I'll Spartan. put a link in the comments. It's a bestseller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put a link in the comments. Yeah. And that just, you know, before people cast doubt on everything that you yeah. do, they need to know a little bit more about what well, people would just say, oh, it's a fake bestseller. Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> you know, you're done. It's real. You know Sometimes and there's it. no promotions of books or training <laughs> or anything like that in it. It's in just... my Facebook group, right, we've got nearly 16,000 people in that group. Yeah. Um, and it is a very active group. And I give so much time yeah. and content in there. So... I get accused of, number one, Rick, um, I might post an advert in there myself, for me, probably once every six weeks, that's mm -hmm. it. And if I do that, I'd be, oh, it's too salesy, it's a veiled sales group, that's all it is, there's not enough content. And then if I post a load of content, now this is a real story, mm -hmm. so I took that on board on one comment, so I, I went out to one of my pubs, because I've got, a, I've got like, you know, we've got mm -hmm. pubs and stuff, and I just did a, a walkthrough in the pub, uh, and what we plan to do with it, and, and the grounds. Mm -hmm. And then the comments underneath were, oh, all you do is swing your dirk. And show people what how much property well, you've got. You can't like, win. Oh my god! You, you know, just can't win. It's like, it's like <laughs> the, the reality is this is the reality. Uh, you'll never satisfy everyone. It's crazy. You're damned if you do, and you're damned, you're if, damned you don't. if you do, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think we're probably about an hour in. I think that's a great, you know, Michael and I are probably going to go out for lunch now. We're going to continue this off camera and we're going to shoot the breeze for a little bit, put the worlds to right. So I'm going to post the links to Michael's book and his website in the comments down below. Um, for those watching on the YouTube channel, for those listening on the podcast, I'll do exactly the same in the description of the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it's enlightened you a little bit. Um, you know, there's a, there's a place for everything and there's a time for everything. We just have to make sure that it's balanced. So if you like my videos, folks, please click on the subscribe button. Make sure that you're subscribed so you can see all our future workshops and videos. And if you're listening on the podcast, please leave a review. It will inspire us to do more of these interviews and keep us going. Until next time, folks, take care. Bye-bye.